Some more Christmasness, Squeezer. Yeah. Oh, like, hold on. YouTube like we might planned. Uh, always an issue. YouTube saying no data. I don't know. Can, are you watching YouTube stream? Oh, never mind. Not saying excellent connection. So I'll go fuck myself. Oh. I'm gonna try to give you my all Squeezer, like I do every week. I'm gonna try to give you my everything. But yeah. I, I got my third COVID-19 vaccine shot today. Uh oh. Yeah, the booster shot, as they call it. Ah, so you got more chips in you. Yeah, I'm not, as Rocco likes to call it, pure blood. Uh, it might be interfering. No, I got it yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry, I got it yesterday. Yeah. Today I felt like hot fucking gar. I do not take well to the COVID-19 vaccine. I got my first one February of this year, Squeezer. I was like, oh, I feel fine. I'm invincible. I'm never going to get any side effects whatsoever. I got my second one all day. I'm like nothing i feel fine this is perfect like then like 12 hours later i got it like 10 in the morning then like close to 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night i started getting the chills really bad and then i woke up with almost 104 degree fever well i barely was sleeping this was the second shot and i was like dead to the world this one was no better (laughs) it was a little better damn this came with like i don't know if it was heart palpitations but I couldn't sleep. I slept like an hour and a half last night. I was up at three. And my Apple Watch kept going off that my heart was going over 120 beats per second. And at a, and I've been resting for more than 10 minutes. And it's like, this is not good. Uh, so I looked and that could be a side effect. So I went down stairs at like five in the morning and watched Billy Madison. That I That's my usual go-to recovery. Yeah. Um, Calm me down. Uh, then, yeah. then I was watching Community, and then I went upstairs at like 8 a.m. and laid down again. Blackout curtains, of course. Oh, nice. Nice for you. Then I was able to fall asleep, and I woke up periodically from the text and calls I got all day. Because, you know. Uh, really? No one just left you alone? I, I waited till like noon to check in just to see if you were alive. Yeah, that's fine. No, no, that's fine. I, I'm okay. like, I mastered the art of taking a phone call or answering a text and going right back to bed. <laughs> And like answering it, Enchantress always wonders how I can answer the phone, sound like I've been up for hours, chipper to the world, and just go right back to sleep. I'm like, yeah, some people are good at nah, I, math. Once I'm, once I'm up, that. I'm up. Nah. I'm like a cat. I'll just go right back. I could have slept all day. I could be <coughs> sleeping right now. <coughs> Sorry. Goodness gracious. Uh, uh, so the COVID-19 vaccine is uh, the booster. This isn't for everyone. Some people don't have any. You, how was your second shot? Did you have side effects? Um, no, I got a little. So I was even like ready and like looking forward to them. <laughs> like, oh, yay! I'm going to be awful and I'm going to have to be locked in the room for like an entire day all by myself. And I, I wasn't. So I had to get up and 
get my ass kicked by two kids instead. Oh yeah, I was I I happened to uh, enter death's door on it, but uh, most people are fine. So, yeah. and Sarah wasn't good, but she wasn't like like me bad. And I'm not like man fluing this squeezer. I legit am not doing good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I I, I have the sniffles, so. Uh oh! Um, I apologize for that. You're gonna hear me, all, all my uh, fluidy, flimmy noises coming out of out of this boy's microphone today. So, well, it's a good thing we're going a night early. Yes, because yes, tomorrow because you could I be would worse. be fully, uh, I'd be fine, ready to go tomorrow. Which in my head I was. I'm like, oh, at least tomorrow I'll be good to go. And you're like, are you ready? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you'd be, your sniffles would be way worse. No, no, they're getting better. Ah, oh. no, I was worse yesterday. Mm. I talked to you yesterday, and you just had that weird hair going on. Oh, well, it's because my headphones. It likes to. Yeah, I'm in like, that. It's doing it right now. I can actually feel it when I like when I the way I put my headphones on. I slide them from the front, and I kind of got this like broad alfalfa thing going on. Yeah, it almost like if I I could like, like a little uh, crown. You look like Jughead. Yeah, um, but I could go like like bleach my tips like. But like in the middle of my head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the new thing. I yeah, I don't see it taking off, but who knows what takes oh, off yeah. and doesn't take off these days. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry for coughing. It does make you uh, shortness of breath and coughing is. I have asthma, so yeah. it's not helping me. Yeah, you try walking up and down stairs when you're fat. <laughs> you're handsome and very sweet. Thanks. Well, I don't like you disparaging yourself, to everybody. Uh, I wasn't. It was a statement of medical fact. <laughs> uh, I'm very low energy today. I'm sorry, everybody. We were like, this show sucks. Don't give us a rating for this one. Although we did get a... a- no, because give us a rating because the, the shitty ones are more fun. It's true. Yeah. Closed caption 765 commented on YouTube. So YouTube is whack. I looked multiple times last night and overnight because I was awake with Tiny Tornado Terrace, the kids, and no stream. Then finally around 5.30 p.m., it's there in my recommended list. Super double ultra mega whack YouTube. Disappointed in the algorithm hiding my favorite holiday reminiscing buddies. It is whack, YouTube. We can't get in. Let let us get some of that algorithm. That sweet, sweet algorithm. You got to. Everyone has to to subscribe on YouTube. (laughs) Listen to us on YouTube. And and comment and hit the chime and do all that shit to get us in that algorithm, because like our our views on YouTube, it's like we don't exist. But then like on the podcast apps, it's crazy. It's it's crazy, crazy talk. Uh, little news: uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige said Charlie Cox's Daredevil is the MCU Daredevil. I guess yeah. he's just now. What does that mean though? He's just admitting to the inevitable. He's in. I mean, the movie comes out in, yeah, ten days. Um, we have our tickets. They were nice hard. To, they were hard sell. Hard get. We had to take an eight o'clock showing, which it's a little late for Enchantress because she in the morning p.m. Oh, for me that's fucking afternoon. For her, that's late. She mm-hmm. works early. Squeezer. <laughs> uh, Not I me. Uh, so. I like either going to the mo- I like going to the movies at ten o'clock, <laughs> either ten o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock at night. I used to go Saturday afternoons if I didn't work, 
There'd be uh, no one in there. Tuesdays at 11 are like gold. They don't do those shows anymore, though. I know. I know. Kind of miss those. But we are seeing Homecoming, and I think, uh, by all accounts, even by the spoiler, Charlie Cox is in. Sorry, everybody. Charlie Cox is, just like the comic books, Matthew Murdoch is representing Peter Parker. And uh, it's going to be played by Charlie Cox. And he was so good as Daredevil, so why not? Oh, he was per- that, that's one of those characters everyone wanted to see, like... And are you're caught up on, on Hawkeye, right? Uh, there's three of them, right? Three, yes. Yes. Yep. I'm pretty sure the uncle they're talking to to Echo about is Kingpin, and that's why he he brought up Charlie Cox this week. Because I bet next yeah. I bet next week we find out because Echo and Kingpin went hand in hand together, mm-hmm. and in the comic books. And I'm assuming as soon as like I knew Echo was in it, but I forgot. Like when they had announced the casting, I knew they were casting someone as Echo. And then I'm like, oh shit! They're talking about the uncle. Oh, it's gonna be Kingpin, and I bet it's Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, it has to be. He was the best. He was so fucking good at. It. Like, he was so- the charming. That's the word, charming. Well, Kingpin is charming. I know. And and no one. Well, I mean, he wasn't really. He was good on the. I liked him on the ninety. Like the the way they did the comic book style, ultra bulging, huge <coughs> Kingpin in the in the ninety four. Uh, ninety or ninety five Spider Man cartoon, yeah. But um, what's his name? John Coffey played him in uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil, and he was okay. But yeah, uh, but it's one of those things where like you, you see like a villain, and you're like, how does a villain like that like actual like function in the real world? Like you know, like how how does you know like Cobra go about their daily business and function like that and like oh, it doesn't make sense but then you see like the way D'Onofrio played him like you could see oh yes he was like that crossover villain where he is a businessman that by day and villain also by day and night. he smashed someone's head into pulver- pulver- he pulverized someone's head with an Escalade uh, door in front of his minions they know he, this man yeah. will kill me with his bare hands if we fuck with him he, he got me there. Yeah. That's when I absolutely fell in love with that series. <laughs> Just like the scene with the head smashing and the boys. That's when you fell in love with that series. Yes. I'm like, oh, this is where we're going with this. Yeah. Dark and fucked up. Um, but yes, he said, Charlie Cox is our daredevil in the MCU. And, and that made me think two things. Well, it's a little early for him to be saying it for Spider-Man No Way, no way Home. But... It isn't early for tomorrow's Daredevil. I'm sorry, Hawkeye, which could be debuting Vincent D'Onofrio, which would only make sense if Vincent D'Onofrio's back as Kingpin. Charlie Cox is back as uh, uh, Daredevil. Matthew Murdoch. Tonight, did you watch the Different Strokes um, live studio audience thing with Kevin, on, with Kevin Hart? I did not i didn't even know that was a thing yeah it's jimmy kimmel does it every year with what's his name the guy who wrote all those yeah um i had to catch it i finished up uh motu part two i have we have not started Um, it yet it was good i i mean the internet i'm sure has their squabbles and they're nitpicking it but um i thought it was a lot of fun epic very epic a lot of epic (laughs) network yeah, you could see there's a lot of Kevin Smith in there just trying to one-up himself shot after shot. Like, what? Kevin Smith is the opposite of epic. 
No, but as like in that fandom sense, like he's a fan and wants to see that like he wants those moments. Yeah, I mean, I guess they they had no choice but to be epic. I mean, that's what Motu is. It's an epic. Yeah. Yes, but in in that sense of like that. Uh, it's a medieval the, 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 barbarian the fandom, sci-fi the fantasy. The fandom sense of it. Hmm. The fandom sense. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, like it just. The, what everyone hated about uh, what was the last thing that came out that everyone hated? Oh, Ghostbusters! Um, everyone hated. I'm sorry. Everyone uh, fucking the, loves the, that I'm, movie. When I, when I mean everyone, I mean the people that got paid to write <coughs> on the internet. Uh, no one cares um, what they say anymore. No, they're done. But uh, their biggest problem with it was that it was made for the fans, and it's made to make you go like and cheer and be excited and have fun. God you know, forbid. Media is not supposed to do that. It's supposed to make you sad. Um, it does, <laughs> and yeah, and and the Motu, I thought like ev- like constantly, it was like it's setting you up. It was like kind of dark, and then the end is like shot after shot of just basically just Undertaker, uh, like bell chimes every five minutes. Hmm. Just oh shit, here we go again. So yeah, the way, I liked it. Just with critics, we saw Encanto, the new Disney movie, and while it wasn't bad it wasn't like anything that blew my mind and mm-hmm. it got it's a 90 percent on tomato meter it's 93 percent on the audience score but but that's made for that audience people like that but to me i'm like mm-hmm. eh, it's very a lot of songs <laughs> ah yeah now ghostbusters afterlife is a 63 percent tomato meter which the critical consensus is crosses the streams between franchise revival and exercise and nostalgia and this time around the busting mostly feels good Audience scores five thousand plus reviews, which is twice the amount of Encanto, and it's at a ninety five percent. So mm-hmm. everybody who sees this movie loves it. These fucking yes. cunt critics don't know what the Richard Roper. Yeah. No one gives a fuck what you think. You were wait. Just, he's still around. Yeah, he was just there after Gene Siskel died for Roger Ebert to shit on because he didn't know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the re- fuck the rest. Fuck all these critics, yeah. man. Your medium is dead. It's the people's choice now. Mm-hmm. And the people have spoken. We want Ghostbusters Afterlife. We have to wait till yes. January 11th for the release. I already have it pre-ordered. True democracy at work here. Has to. He'll download the nut as soon as it's released. He'll download onto my Apple TV, and I can oh, watch nice. it over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. I I will get the biggest, fanciest, shiniest collector's edition metal box that I can find and put it somewhere and never unwrap it and then download it later. Hmm. Yeah. Where it will sit with my box set of Back to the Future and Blade Runner and all my other fancy metallic encased movies on hard disk that... uh, I can stream or download wherever I want. Speaking of streaming. And still watch on my tiny phone. Speaking of streaming, uh, Ridley Scott should be happy. A lot of people are streaming his stupid last duel, which I, I don't know if it's stupid. I haven't seen it, but I want to. I love Affleck. No, you, 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 can, you can call it stupid after he was a dick. <clears throat> yeah. But still, that's got an 85% rating, red notice. Well, it, it just, it, there was a delay. It took time because... All the people that wanted to watch it had to call their kids to go over to their house to set up their streaming app so they could stream it. You know what the funny 
<clears throat> the, the funny part of all this is, you know what's in the top, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know what's in the top seven and the top ten streaming movies right now? Mm, no. The original Ghostbusters. Oh. It's, oh, as it should. It's that effect that everyone went and saw Afterlife. They loved it. And they're like, they're, I'm going to go show my kids. Because it's a kid's movie. It's a fucking, <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. kid's movie. Hey, out of the box media. What's up? Bring <laughs> this is the best podcast out there. Bring out the lunch lady. Maybe she'll stop by. I th- she's probably baking you cookies, Squeezer. I would hope so. Lacing them with something to knock you out and then, you know, sexually assault you. Wait, that's what's in those? <laughs> He's doing shtick. I like it. It's not even a shtick. I just had nothing, so I just said something. Well, that was good. That was good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'm going to give you a... Thumbs up on that one. I, I was trying to uh, thank you for stepping in because I was going to try to follow up with something else and be <laughs> funny. No, you got to pull the Costanza. You got to pull the Costanza. Hit the high note and go home. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I was I was going to try something. And I wasn't sure what yet. It was there is. I don't know if you heard that long pause in there where my brain is just <laughs> rattling around humorous anecdotes, and you uh, you threw me that. Uh, life vest you, you truly yeah, i'm here for yeah. it maddie flip said i hated lunch lady but she's growing on me well she grew on squeezer and i grew on her you grew because of her yes oh because she overfed me not the, <laughs> yes. because she find her sexually arousing no. oh yeah there's that too double entendre yeah. Yeah. um so this is the christmas episode <laughs> Good transition. Yeah. Last week was a lot of fun. Uh, those commercials were a hit. I posted the um, Alpha, Beta, Scrub, Skibs, or whatever the fuck it was, this commercial, and it really it, it caught fire. It's almost hard to believe that that's not parody. It is. It is. It's so great. Let's see. Close. Goddamn, pal. No YouTube shenanigans. Keep me from the stream this week. Thank you. Love the festive intro music. Okay, thank you, closed caption. <clears throat> Goddamn, pal. We should. You know what? Um, Maddie. Is, by the way, is I'm Santa gonna, yeah. going to eat me? Launch lady. Uh, yeah, looks like it. Do you like that? Oh, shit. I do. I'm like, uh. It looked look, like. You seem. You get to survive this episode. I well, think. the joke is no, I'm, I'm, no one wants me. That's why I always oh, use Oh, that's your, not true. Yeah. So, um. I I did a little Photoshop magic, putting him in his hand, and Enchantress. Was right now, right now, you're laying on a roof somewhere. The reindeer licking you up. <laughs> yes, that's just what I wanted to. He's see how red his face is. I'm assuming he's hammered. He's got the Irish curse going. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a pair of uh, Bose wireless headphones on, and he's ready to listen to the podcast, uh, eating a squeezer treat. I'm having fun making these. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're <laughs> these these art this artwork for the YouTube. <clears throat> it's going to be that will last. You know, our voices will carry on. See if you're if you're not coming and checking us out on YouTube, you're missing these great title cards that I make <clears throat> every week. I great. Yeah, we're eventually going to sell it's a them sliding off, off as NFTs. Oh and, yeah, uh, I don't know what that yeah. is, but fuck, I want to yeah. try it. And I understand the the beauty of it is there's absolutely of no value in them, um, therefore they're perfect, and and you could just easily screen cap it or save as you know right click save as. But 
you can't tell people it's an NFT if you don't, or you could just lie, you know, that too. But mm. I don't I, know how that. I'm shit still works. not 100 percent sure what you're talking about. But I don't either. We are talking. This is our third Christmas music show. We're diving into some ten more Christmas songs from the past and Squeezer. I like to say that the rad years uh, law of the decades where we exist goes out the window for these. Yes. Because a song that was classic in the 1950s was also classic in the 1980s Mm -hmm. and is classic now, today. So. Yeah, you recall there was a Halloween episode where I went back centuries. On uh, Halloween music. So. I don't, but I'm going to say yes, I do. Of course I do. Oh, okay. All right, so let's I start. do it again in this one, too. So. Oh, okay. Well, you're starting today. Oh, good. And uh, here's your first Christmas, uh, retro Christmas song you enjoy. What the fuck is this? Ah, this is like this is this. Uh, "Together at Christmas," the final song at the end of uh, Toy Story. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant the Christmas toy. Oh, you've talked yes. about that. You played this before, but not yes. in the context of the song, but not for the, in the context the of the song, but of a Christmas <laughs> toy. Um, yeah, and it, if you watch Christmas Toy, you're like, oh wow, they made a dated looking. Uh, uh, Muppet version of Toy Story. Oh, could you want to take a bet on how long till we get kicked off YouTube tonight? Ooh. Oh, uh, <clears throat> my, I'm going to go with my third I, pick. I have a I feeling bet. I know it, it's going to be one of mine, I think. <clears throat> uh, could be one of mine. me first. But. Yeah. Let us know in the comments if we get booted off because it, yeah. it happens with these shows. Uh, I, I doubt this one is going to do it uh, because this is kind of hard enough to come across. Well, some of our uh, songs must be in public domain by now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, although it was uh, what got us booted. Out of- Wild West Cowboys got us booted. Oh, did it? Yeah. Uh, Lucas with the lid off. Mm, Lucas with the lid off. Out of all the songs on that list, that's the one that. Well, Lucas with the lid off didn't get us booted live. It got us our show uh, held. Ah, so uh, someone wants their royalties. Yeah, but I fought it and won. So yeah. Um, yeah. I this this is one of those Christmas songs that uh, I, I I sing in my head constantly because it's only like fifty seconds long. So <laughs> you know, it just loops over and over again. What you heard is pretty much it. <laughs> As you're stabbing um, like an animal that you just murdered. Yeah. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> um so it all it, it's the the grand song as everyone What are you doing? That's you stabbing the animal as you're singing the oh. song to your head. Yes. Old friends, new friends. <laughs> um and so it's all about <clears throat> the Christmas toy. There's a cat um who uh is kind of got the he's he's the uh the Woody of the group. Or you should say Woody is uh, him rugby, uh, and he gets replaced by Meteora, who's kind of a weird-looking um, 
space lady with a sword. Kind of like She-Ra mixed with Evil Lynn and a splash of just weird, awkward, people don't know what kids play with kind of look. Right. Um, and eventually they all come through and they explain to her, he, he finally, you know, gets through to Buzz, I mean Meteora, that, uh, you know, she is a toy. And then they also convince Rugby that, hey, uh, the little doll, I forgot what the hell her name was, Apple the doll. Um, she's like, uh, you know, you replaced me last from last year. He's like, what? No, I couldn't. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I, like, completely... Um, he says, oh, uh, shit, in the cartoon. He does, yeah. He goes, he, he sits there and he goes, shit. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Son of a cocksucker. Um, yeah. Um, but then, so they all start singing a song and, uh, your like, the friends, love of Christmas. And I forgot. My friends, your friends, new friends. I don't know how it goes. Yeah. Um, but as they're singing, everyone comes back to life. Uh, because what happens is the toys die a horrible death um, if they get seen out of play. Like, they never explain in Toy Story what happens if they get caught, right? Mm. Like, you never see that. They don't go that deep. No. Like, it never happens. Uh, in the Christmas toy, uh, a couple do get caught. Uh, and some even sacrifice themselves for oh, the greater good. Dark. But it, it seems like a horrific permanent death like toy death um where it's like they have their soul is just vanquished from the earth uh but as they sing this song uh they all come to life and they're all happy together <coughs> generic barbie is all decked out in her camo gear because she's gonna go on the mission and she's like oh i'm all dressed for the wrong party so she has to go back and get dressed up um and then in the original because it was cut for some of the re-releases, uh, Kermit shows up last minute, dressed as Santa. Because like, yo, it's Muppets, and I'm Kermit, and you know he swings his big green thing around and sings along with everyone else. Um, Hi, uh, as, as the credits roll, um, it, it's a catchy, fun little tune. Um, and anytime I get the chance to uh, <coughs> promote Christmas toy and tell us Toy Story to go f off. Hey, who, um, which, don't frog. get me wrong, I love Toy Story, but uh, Christmas Toy did it first, and they had a spinoff, too. Well, it's all owned by Disney now, so it doesn't matter. That's true. <laughs> all owned by the evil empire. That, that, that's why they, that, the <coughs> whole thing came about, because there was going to be a big thing where uh, <clears throat> and, uh, Jim Henson's estate was going to own all of Pixar. And then Disney's like, oh, no, we got to buy this up. Hmm. True story. Wait. No, Jim Henson's estate couldn't own all Pixar. Steve Jobs owned Pixar. No, it's not a true story. Just lied. Oh, I was like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, well, they were going to sue for uh, oh, oh, I get whatever what you're that oh, is. I get yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying. I get you. Here's yeah, my next. Me, I, I'm stuffy. All right. Okay. Uh, he's a stuffy boy. Yeah.
my god, this video. This is the waitress's Christmas wrapping squeezer. The video is just mind-boggling. If you turn the volume off, this would just look like a summer new wave 80s music video on MTV. There's not a thing about it that makes you think it's Christmas. It's the band, the waitresses, performing the song, and they keep doing, like, the woman's in a high skirt and, and black stocking or pantyhose, and they mm -hmm. keep doing these really weird, like, through-her-leg shots. <laughs> like, there's one right now, and the keyboardist yeah. looks like a complete pervert staring at her. Uh, and then there's this man in, like, the wall beside the band, like, operating these strange controls. Click a close-up of her smoking cigarettes. Like that, there's nothing Christmas about this music video. The song, however, is quite popular. Um, oh, I got some. I, got, I found a factoid on Wikipedia when I was looking this a up. A nugget? A nugget, Squeezer. And I thought, I, I normally don't read Wikipedia nuggets, but this one was sweet. And... Let's see. I'm you googling. I'm searching. We're listening. Nope, that's not them. The waitresses. Okay, Christmas wrapping. So the head of the band is a man named the guy who started it is Chris Butler. He's the songwriter and he's the lead guitarist. And according to legend, Squeezer, he uh, where did I find it? Okay. Um, each festive season, Butler makes a donation to the Akron Summit County Children's Library in the name of the first person to tell him they heard Christmas rapping on the radio. I thought that was sweet. <laughs> and there's some good saxophone in this song, man. That's, yeah, it's got a good little... Oh, there's another... fun song. Between the Lakes shot, man. It's so weird. So, question. And she I, talks I, about I, making uh, a turkey again. We talked about this last week, Squeezer. She, she makes it the smallest turkey A.M.P. ever sold, but she and she cranberry sauce. So it's another person eating turkey on Christmas. I'm sorry. Continue. What were you asking? Um, did anyone have watching the video? It's out of sync right now from what I'm kind of scrubbing through, watching all the creepiness unfold. The song that you hear is it? Does it coincide with the instruments? Like perhaps? No, could, not, no that not is at all. Really creepy. Occasion. So oh, the between the leg shots. Yeah, that was creepy. So, do you think perhaps she barely sings? But that they made this music video for something. But this song became a hit, so you just slapped this video onto this. Song. They very well could have, because the saxophonist doesn't even play the first riff. She's never even singing. And what is this guy doing with the control panel on this other side of the wall? Someone that knows what instruments look and sound like, can you watch this and, and then tell me, like, no, they're not playing along to the song? Or is it pretty clear? It's not something I can do right now, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the live concert footage, like, with the saxophones, yeah. But when they're in that room with this weird guy pulling the levers... Yeah. Or when they do that weird little pull jump cut back in, like, five times over. Yeah. Does he have a... Uh, Billy Bass hanging on the wall. And then what is this guy doing? Like, he's cleaning his arm. The song's really long, too. And you don't notice it until you have to watch this fucking shitty wow, music video. Four and a half minutes? Holy yeah. crap. It's been covered a lot. Uh, Spice Girls, 
did a cover of it. Um, Save Ferris, the punk pop band, and altered the lyrics from a Jewish perspective. Um, the, the of course the Spice Girls changed the A and P, the American A and P, to Tesco, which is apparently a British supermarket chain. Kate Nash, uh, the Front Bottoms, the Donnas, Summer Camp, and the and the cast of the Broadway musical Wicked, Miranda Cosgrove, comedian Doug Benson, Martha Wainwright, the cast of the TV show Glee, Disney Channel star Bella Thorne, the Electric Six, British Irish girl band The Saturdays, uh, Australian singer Kylie Minogue, and Sing Kane, also also featured Nancy. Cammy sang this. Yes, Cammy sang this. Yes. Oh. Uh, Sinkane studied a master's in composition, produced a cover for Christmas 2020. It featured Nancy Wang of LCD Sound System singing lead, Nick Milson, Holy Ghost on drums, and Money Mark, the Beastie Boys on the Moog uh, synthesizer. Profits from the release went to the Food Bank for New York City. That's nice. Wait, when was that one from? 2020. 2020? Yeah. I gotta find that one. Uh yeah, buy it so the money goes to the food bank. It still does. Oh, I like LCD sound system. Yeah. So this weird song, but I love it, and I, you still hear it everywhere. It's still a part. It, of- it's like a staple. Like it doesn't matter if you're in. It's if you're in a grocery store, it's playing. There's those like evergreen songs that just took off, no matter how weird they are. Like um, we didn't pick it, but Father Christmas, give me some money by the Kinks, I think. It's Father Christmas. Oh. Give me some money. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about. That. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, that's a really strange song. But it's like yeah. it's in the it's in the the collective Christmas catalog. And of course, unfortunately, Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Oh god. Yeah. All right, moving on to Squeezer's second Ooh. song. I was I mean, I caught in the song in my bears, beer. But, so. Sorry, what's that? I was caught in those I was caught up in the song in oh. my beer. Yeah. Um I, I figured this would be one to kick us because I even had trouble like pulling it for the show. Like I had to actually screen record myself playing it kind of thing. Because mm. it was very protected across the internet. It's a pain in the ass to get, but um It's almost like I had to like crack into a safe to get to it. Like in Die Hard. Where it was in. That was smooth. <laughs> um, oh, speaking Christmas, of Die Hard, I had, a, I had a segue. Our friend Jason, who uh, 
runs the page collecting candy. He also runs Wishbook Web, which we'll be using for our next show, Squeezer. Very excited. Um, he lives in, in Astoria, I believe, and he's next to one of those Lidl, that German grocery store. We have one in Easton uh, here. Take me to the Waldorf Astoria. That one? No, this a queen, the story of queen. Oh yes, oh. Uh, no, but uh, he's in Queens, I think. I don't know where he is, but he's by Lytle. He's in New York City, and he's got video. And this happened twice. He's got video the second time. A delivery truck, of uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's a Lytle delivery truck or not. It's a Lytle vendor delivering fucking shit to Lytle. Smashed into his goddamn car, and they're just like, meh. It's not our fault. Like the guy then drove away. <laughs> What? I'm not sorry. I'm not laughing at you. Jeez. Right. What? I fuck. Not that I ever shopped there, but now I never would. Uh, and if they don't make it right, it's a goddamn shame. Because Jason's a fucking Jason's like the Indiana Jones of of candy and uh, food, old food stuff. This belongs in a museum, and he he is said museum, and he is the curator of all that stuff. As much as Matt and Dinosaur Drack does, Jason is on a different level. Like. Jason's like made a career and Jason's like the guy they call for food network whenever they do a sh- like an unwrapped or anything on this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, uh, he's, uh, he also told me he has a chip bag from an alpha beta skags that he's going to dig up for us. Oh, I was sick. like, if anyone has it, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, does he to- have that Barbie too? Uh, anyway. I made up a whole thing in my head of how Lytle's like the Germans. It's like uh, Hans Gruber. <laughs> Shoot the candy wrappers. Shoot the candy wrappers. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shoot the glass. What? Shoot the glass. Glass? Uh, I have not watched Die Hard yet. Oh, yeah. That usually is like a Christmas Day one. Yeah. I don't get that. I was going to do a whole video for Jason where he winds up saying yippee-ki-yay, fluffernutter, you know, ties and all this weird stuff. I don't know. I was up all night last night, and I I came up with like a million ideas. I came up with a- Like that fever dream kind of brainwave kind of shit? Yeah. As as my proteins were denaturing, a lot of ideas were- (laughs) We're coming to my head. I came up with a really solid pitch for um, a sequel to Christmas Vacation that I'm going to pitch in two weeks. So, and it's really good. Like, like this studio could sell this shit. I mean, you half wrote Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, I never got a. I never got a thank you either. No, Jason but you got Reitman. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I did. That's all I wanted. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I'm not in it for the glory squeezer. No, that's why we have a podcast every week, so we can talk about ourselves. <laughs> um, Christmas in Holland. <laughs> uh, it, it's true, though. It's it's strange. We're the two least self... I don't know. Can we actually even say that with this show? What? Like, the two of us, are, like we're the last two people that want to talk about ourselves. We're, we're we're talking about our history, not our, ourselves, yes, and our we're in ourselves in a way, but it's very much, it's very much like um, I'm not saying we're emulating Howard Stern, but I think we're, this, and I'm not saying we're anywhere near Howard Stern's level of talent, but there's a certain type of people that could 
perform. They could get on the radio and just and just be at open books. But their life is a closed book outside of the the radio or, or the medium podcast. Sure. And that's what we do. And this is yeah. And as much as you would fight me on this, everyone it is a perform. It is a performance. We are performing, acting. Good spin. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Christmas and Hollis uh, by Run DMC. Um, the the hook on this is just fantastic, and you, if, it's weird to think that it's a Christmas song too. It was on one of those uh, uh, Special Olympic Christmas albums, right? Yes, a very special yeah, very Christmas. Special Christmas. They actually were holding out for a while, um, and then they decided, all right. Uh, it was produced by the album itself. I think was produced by uh, Rick, Rick Rubin. Rubin. Yeah, he did all of them. Yeah. Well, at least the uh, first few. Was... We talked. We talked. Uh, the one that came out in '97. We talked about four songs on there: the Blues Traveler uh, one, Smashing Pumpkins one. Uh, yeah. Well, th- this one was from. This was the '87 one. Uh, you got the Pointer Sisters on there. Uh, the Eurythmics. Uh, oh, wait, I don't. Is there anything on this one? I don't want to blow up any of your shit. I don't think so. Nope. Uh, Eurythmics, uh, Winter Wonderland, which I really do like. Uh, some Whitney Houston, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the Pretenders are on there. John Cougar, Mellencamp, Sting, Run DMC, U2, Madonna, Bob Seger, Brian Adams, Bon Jovi, uh, Allison uh, Moyet, and Stevie Nicks. Holy shit. That is some talent. That is a stacked ass album. What is Bob Seger saying? Uh, Little Drummer Boy. Nice. I gotta listen to yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Nicks doing Silent Night. I might. Uh... And then, well, Madonna does Santa Baby. We all know that that one you hear probably off of this whole album. You probably hear that the most on radio play. I prefer the Eartha Kit version. Catwoman. <laughs> She's Catwoman. The other one's just Breathless. Oh, I said that the other day, and. Um, I, I was. Who didn't know? No, no, it was it was I was with Mrs. Squeezer, and I was I was quoting Adam West from The Simpsons when he's like, "There's only one, uh, there's, there's only, only one, one Catwoman. There's only one Catwoman. Uh, or the kid. But Lee Mayweather, uh, Julie Newmeyer, and uh, Julie Newmeyer, and and Mrs. Squeezer out of nowhere, and I like pause, like I kind of just blew it off, like I stopped, and she's like, "What about Eartha Kitt?" I'm like, "Oh shit." You forgot like, her. She called kid? me out. No, like I didn't. I didn't forget. I just assumed she stopped paying attention to me, so I <laughs> moved on. And like she called me out on it. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like I was impressed. That's outside of her like range. She didn't care about that. But I, I, yeah. Didn't we all grow up on that show though? We did, but it's not. That's not the kind of trivia she would know. Mm. You know. But she did. Um, I don't think she got as excited when we saw that bat cycle but um so yeah that's a pretty stacked album and then this song's in uh, a bunch of movies it's uh die hard and uh, i was in the grinch holiday rush recently which what the hell was holiday rush i gotta look at it i never heard of holiday rush oh uh oh that's that uh i have no idea <laughs> Oh, that movie. Right. That movie. Hold on, yes. I have a computer in front of me. Holiday Rush. It's oh, a it was 2019 a film. Uh, rom-com. 
Uh, directed by Leslie Small, a widowed hip-hop radio DJ, Rashawn Rush Williams, loses his job at the radio station WMLE when it is brought by, bought by Camcom and switches to a pop format. He and his four children, who have become accustomed to a privileged life, are forced to downsize and move back into Aunt Joe's house, where they've lived before Rush became wealthy. Rush and his producer, Roxy, buy WBQL, an old radio station where they used to work, but Camcom puts pressure on advertisers to not buy advertising time from Rush and Roxy. Wait, they were wealthy because he was a local DJ? It's a movie squeezer. Rush and Roxy okay, develop sure. a romantic relationship, but when Rush announces to his children, Rush's son Jamal, ang- already angry that he will not be able to afford Harvard anymore, runs away from home. Rush finds Jamal at his deceased mother's <laughs> favorite location in a nearby All park. Right. I, remember, I know I got enough on my list. I remember when I was pissed that I my parents told me we couldn't afford Harvard anymore, and I ran away. And they're like, oh, he's gone. That's less of expense for us. Jamal expresses his discomfort living in their old house without his mother, but comes to accept a new situation and his father's new relationship. Rush finally manages to sell his large, expensive house that he cannot afford anymore, and Marshall from WMLE quits his job at the station and invests in WQ, WBQL, enabling the broadcast... Oh. During the Christmas season. God, this sounds like the worst movie ever made. I am so... I, I like to say that, you know, I, I, I might not have made it to Harvard, but I went to Princeton and I went to Cornell. So. Should we blow off um, the... This entire show? Oh, Christmas Vacation, Christmas vacation and watch this instead. Oh, people would be so pissed. Holiday Rush Watch Along. I do have to watch. I need to watch this. Um... Uh, yeah, so I can't go to Harvard anymore. <laughs> I know for smart people that makes a difference. It's just yeah. we're idiots who like Harvard. I don't, I'm not going anywhere. You have to get in first. <laughs> That's yeah. we're more worried about that than affording it. Why? Well, right, so I can have more debt when I get a good job. I I had my job my debt. freshman year in college. By so. squeezer, the peril of not being able to afford it means he doesn't have debt because it's being paid for. Oh, there you go. Right. Oh. His his father DJ Rush can no longer afford ah. it. You have all those connections. God damn it, Dad! We can't go to Harvard. You can. You're gonna have to pay for it. But I can't go. Yeah, you can't. You broke the rest of your life. Just like the fucking Dick Hattie runs Facebook. Yep. Um, I, the coolest thing about it is the fact that it it's a Christmas song, but it sampled another Christmas song. Um, so it actually deck the halls, uh, right? Sampled, yeah. Uh, well, there, there are little pieces of it, but the main hook comes from uh, "Backdoor Santa," um, oh, a 1968 right. uh, Clarence Carter song, which is also it's a good Christmas song. Um, but that that's uh, "Backdoor Santa," which don't Google it, folks. At least not on a work computer. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else on? Run DMCs here, Christmas and Hollis. No, no, that's a good. Oh, oh, it was the uh, yeah, music video of the year. It actually beat out Michael Jackson. Wow. Yeah. That's some weird, wild stuff. All right, ready? Oh uh, yeah. For my next song. I heard that. 
Sorry, can't help myself. I mean, this doesn't scream John Williams, right? Uh, I'm, I'm ready for a T-Rex to burst <laughs> out of a this Chicago suburban home. John Williams scored our childhood, pretty much. Yeah. This is somewhere in my memory, part of the score to Home Alone. Great movie. I actually had a... So it, it came out before... What is the name of it? But it was like a, a John Williams... Uh, CD. It was one of the first ones I ever had. Hmm. Yeah, John Williams scored our childhood and John Hughes wrote our childhood. Yep, pretty much. Uh, John Hughes, brilliant. I, and I just listened to Anthony Michael Hall and Kevin Smith, and he, he told some great stories about John Hughes. Um, also, I've got some stuff in the, in the chamber for the Christmas Vacation show squeezer about John Hughes. Now I know, staying on with the uh, direct like uh, people of our childhood, um, I, I know you're not fond of his work since probably even before Saving Private Ryan. Um, but are you excited for? Um... <laughs> okay, that answers my question. Uh, I'm not, but unfortunately, uh, my better half uh, is. <laughs> they are pushing the shit out of this. Yeah, but they're like, ah, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> what were they thinking? Right. Well, and they should have just gave up and pushed to twenty twenty two, because Spider Man's already breaking records, and it's not fucking out for ten days. Yeah, I'm like, it's like, What's oh, that? it's West Side Story, right? I'm like, what do you mean it's groundbreaking? They made it once before, and I produced it in high school. Oh, you did? That's West the that my... West Side Story is the Jetson uh... sharks. That's why when you see me going around, snap my finger, Dan it, <laughs> yeah, that's. I actually really like West Side Story. It's fun. It was a fun play to work. I smashed my hand on the set piece. Yeah, I'm not a fan of musicals, but uh, Enchantress is, and I'll go see it with her because she sees all my dumb things. She's been to Ghostbusters more than one time for me. So even though she did like it a lot, so um, I can't believe we just talked over John Williams. I apologize. <laughs> Play so, it again. We'll lay out. <laughs> uh, the Houston Symphony Online writes us about John Williams' score to Home Alone. The Sound of Christmas, John Williams' score to Home Alone. Uh, of course, because on December 14th in 2018, they were performing it. Because this is a big one around Christmas for orchestras. Imagine being asked to score a Christmas film. A few well-known carols will appear throughout, but true soundtrack must define the Christmas sound and at the same time be original Perhaps even more importantly, the score must not only evoke the atmosphere of Christmas, but must also communicate the deeper meaning of the holiday. Such a challenge was faced by John Williams when director Chris Columbus asked him to score Home Alone, a film about family and American Christmas traditions. <laughs> Leaving a kid at home. As usual, <laughs> Williams makes substantial contributions to the genre he is emulating. In this film, Christmas film scores. In this case, Christmas film scores. How does one create the sound of Christmas? Sure, Williams adds the usual Christmas sleigh bells and choirs, but the master of melody also 
seems to find our one combination of notes that hasn't been used yet and fits so well in the sound work he's evoking. And it is it's and so it is with his score to Home Alone. Uh, for this, Williams wrote several themes that define its sound, two of which are given on the outset, mainly associated with bungling burglars, Harry and Marv, the queue known as the house, reminds us of cold darkness and mystery, and high woodwinds join the Celeste, an instrument that has associated with supernatural since Tchaikovsky. It's T Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. There you go. Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Used it in Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies from the Nutcracker. <laughs> I didn't know the T was silent. I'm, I'm laughing with you. T-C-H-A-I-K-O-V-S-K-Y. Fuck him in his name. Tchaikovsky? Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. I'm sorry, the chai is the hard syllable there. It's Russian. Mm, fucking Russians. He used it in the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies from the Nutcracker. Oh, I should know that. <laughs> Williams would later feature the Celeste <laughs> in the main theme of the Harry Potter series. Uh, he he scored Harry Potter? Ah, that's what Brad's listening to all day. Uh, underneath the melody, string, pizzicatos, and glissandos contribute to the spookiness of this recurring I don't know what theme. the rest of those things are. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to it, but it's if you want to read it, it's on the Houston Symphonies page. I found it interesting what they how they broke it down. Me, I just always when I hear, I don't know why it's not played on the radio more. I think it's a great Christmas song. I have the soundtrack from Mondo. Mm-hmm. I blast it. It's one of my favorite things. I love Home Alone. One of my favorite movies. The second one's okay, but I I love the first one. First one gets me. Little shithead kid. The second one gets me too. I would love to be a kid in New York. You know, I, I my New York's my favorite city. Squeezer, mm-hmm. and I've been to a lot. I've been to a lot of them. Yeah. So, I think it's the best. All right, uh, moving on. Your third pick. A-hole, you only knew this because it was your pick. No, it's because I'm a cultured son of a bitch. I know who Tchaikovsky is. I, I had to cut this whole goddamn thing. Oh, did you? Yeah, he How couldn't do it. know it? He couldn't do it. I had to title it, too. Oh, what a so I typed one. the name a thousand times over. Listen, I can't pronounce words, Squeezer. <laughs> Sue me! But I, I, I've cut... Um, a, a local compilation of this not compilation I cut the play together and by yeah. cut the play together I just put a front uh, and back it's on a it ballet. And it's a ballet cut the ballet together and by that I told him I told the idiot who had me do it that mm-hmm. I was like yeah I fixed the bad cuts uh, and all I did was put the open and the credits on it <laughs> <laughs> off the line cut uh, oh. I, how oh, would wait, I know wait, what a so bad cut in a fucking today. ballet is for fuck's sake <laughs> I mean, you should never really have to cut. <laughs> you should never cut. Let the dancers do their thing. It's not about you. Well, fat asshole. Yeah. 
Isn't anything about fat people? He's just it's just an adjective on the asshole. Right. I'm fat too. Fat I'm dumb asshole. asshole. The guy was dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah, it was. Anyway, tis the season. Go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> let everyone know how we really feel. Yeah, he's cursed um, with working soccer for the rest of his life. Uh, 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 well, some people might like that. Ah. <clears throat> uh, Tell us about Tchaikovsky. It's uh, all right. So the Nutcracker. I still look, say look. you only knew it off the top of your head because. No, I know it. I know, I I listened to this on the reg, as the kids say. I I, I like my well, respectfully compositions. I don't believe you. I do. Check my iPod. No, no, no. Not that you listened to it, but you you were refreshed on his name because you picked him. No, I know who Tchaikovsky is. I respectfully don't believe you. Fine, don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but no fucking Tchaikovsky is. Um, he uh, did, you know, he's pretty famous. Nutcracker, Swan Lake. You know, like. I don't know what Swan Lake heard. is, but I know what Nutcracker is. Okay. Anywho, I, 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 in, it's one of those things where I, I didn't appreciate it at the time, and I probably shouldn't have been because it was a bunch of little kids doing fucking ballet so it sucked um but now i in actually enjoy it more and i i i i'm sitting relax and listen to this shit or drive it's good driving music actually i'm not gonna lie it's good uh but as a kid i could not have given a flying f um i know we we had to go down and see this at the fucking in school at the fucking symphony hall Oh, you went to Symphony Hall. I was dragged to the uh, down to the West End to the Scottish Rite Cathedral. Ooh, yeah, because my little sister was a sugar plum fairy. Mm. Um, you know what? And... Lisa might have been too. Now that you say that, she might have been something too. I I don't know what she was. I'll have to ask her. I don't remember. Now you said that. That's just. A... Spurred my mind. I think she was something in it too, because she did, she did ballet at one of the local dance studios, and they would always do that. That's an easy way to sell tickets. Yeah. Um. I I forgot. She was one of the. Was it the the Chinese dance with the? They, yeah, Chinese, that's my favorite. Out the... Oh, out of the woman's dress, what Blair does. Yeah, that was Blair. Well, yeah. I think I asked Blair, and Blair. Said he that wasn't his show that he was with. I'm like, hey Blair, was my sister under your skirt at some point? He was always at the um, Symphony Hall. Yeah, no, so he wasn't. Uh, that wasn't him. Uh, it was another fine. Uh, he still owns that dress. Really? They have to fucking borrow it from me every fucking year. <laughs> uh can you make it mandatory that he wears it sometime and we can have a whole bunch of us come out and dance from underneath him? I don't think I have to twist his arm. No. Probably gets tell fucking... Him he'll, tell him he'll, he'll be Doug and Little Dave. <laughs> and Hermie. I'll get Hermie back. And Hermie. Hey, me, Doug, um... Little Dave, and Hermie will come out from under your dress. Or you could stay under <laughs> there. Uh, uh, I was dragged, uh, dare I say, kicking and screaming. Uh, some people use the word literally, uh, not, 
the wrong way. And I was literally kicking and screaming. <laughs> I did not want to go to this goddamn thing. Uh, neither did my father, because it was always on a Sunday. And do you know what happens on uh, Sundays in uh, winter, late fall? Uh, NASCAR? NASCAR, yeah. So I would sit there and do my best to try to play a Game Boy in the dark. Uh, and he would sit there with his radio on and listen to the race uh, with an earbud in. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my mom would be so pissed. And look, he to be fair, he would take it out when my sister came on because it's an hour plus ballet. Oh, okay. And my sister's up there yeah. for like four minutes. Right. Your dad's a fucking hero, man. I yeah. know where this but Scottish right cathedral is. You gotta sit through this whole thing, and then after my sister would go, and it would be Act Two. We usually. used to park there for the hall for the parades, right? Scottish right cathedral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, across the street. Yeah, across like the street. The, the big, ba- the like their their like meeting hall is across the street, but the big building with the big theater uh, was on the uh, north side of the street. Um, but then he would. Uh, we would go and we'd sit there forever and it sucked. And finally my sister would go and then she would leave. And then my dad was like, I got to go get a cigarette <laughs> and me and not, and not necessarily the same terms. I'm like, I got to get a cigarette too, basically. Oh, we still so park he here. Would... Sorry. I'm an idiot. We still park oh, here. Still? Oh, it's okay. called the community music school. I'm like, Oh, we still park here. Yeah. Yeah. They, they sold that building. Uh, I think they only have the, the big one now. Um, so yeah, I would just hang out with my dad while he smoked because it was, I'd take that fresh air over the inside fresh air. Did he hit up the uh, tupper, the Tupper, uh, the Rubbermaid bins in his truck? No. A couple of Bush no, lights? He, no. It was, uh, maybe. Was he Bush light maybe. or Bush? Bush light. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, like, you gotta watch, watching those calories. That's like the hillbilly hipster beer now. They call it Bush latte. Yeah. He was not that. Yeah, people don't know. Like, this is a beer not for enjoying. This is a beer no, for... No. It's one purpose. One purpose. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it is a theme amongst... Uh, throughout Christmas. Um, Tchaikovsky himself hated it. Uh, he thought it was... Uh, just for the plebs. Like, he was not pleased with his work whatsoever. He was like the radio head of his day. Like, he hated all his hits. Mm. Um... Like uh, the 1812 Overture, you know that one? That's uh, that's always played at like uh, 4th Fireworks. of July, right? Yeah. yeah. People are like, why the fuck is it played? Yeah. And the cannons are going yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, ugh, it's just noise and, and, and bravado and there's no heart and soul in it and blah, blah. I'm like, that's a that's stars and stripes forever okay then what am i thinking of i don't know what's it called 1812 overture and then go to like the last three minutes overture of 1812 or 1812 overture same thing finale someone has a finale picked out Classical music with the rad years. Get to it.
There you go. Jesus Christ. You really bring it down. Jesus. I don't know this at all. You will. Oh, yeah. This was used to sell Home Alone. Remember the commercial? Yeah. Oh, it's used in... It's advertised throughout yeah. movie trailers. <laughs> the the top comment is, how do you pronounce it? Tchaikovsky? Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. What an honor to be in your orchestra. Why, thank you, my boy. As a violinist, you'll be sitting there. The cellos are over there. The cannons over there. The what? <laughs> yeah, I think it was actually only performed once back then with cannons. Fun fact, Tchaikovsky once described this as too loud, like it wasn't his idea to put a goddamn artillery company in it. <laughs> yeah, he is not a fan of it. Russian Tsar, do you have anything more exciting? Something that will bring the house down? Tchaikovsky, say no more. <laughs> it's a fun piece. I, cause I didn't know this until like a year or two ago. I read someone wrote, like, why do we play a Russian orchestra song during the 4th of July? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why? Because he's... Because Wagner's just too evil. That's why. Well, he's German. Yeah. We need... John Williams should be doing this shit. Our American composer. I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's playing Star Wars Duel of the Fates. That would be pretty bad. I mean, go to a baseball game, you'll hear it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, my third pit. Oh, I gotta, I gotta pot the song up if I'm gonna play it. Bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells chime and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty air, what a bright time! It's the right time to rock. A night away. Jingle Bell Rock Squeezer. You know this song was written a year after my parents were born in 1957? Are you shitting me? Yeah, that's how old it is. But it's got legs. Like, Christmas songs are evergreen and ageless, I feel like. Uh, this was written by a gentleman named Bobby Helms, but it was probably written by, you know, someone else and stolen. Because <laughs> um, there's an authorship controversy. 
Uh, both Helms and session guitarist on the song Hank Garland disputed this. Uh, yes, it was supposedly composed by Joseph Carlton Beale and James Ross Booth. Uh, whatever that means. But this is in uh, a lot of movies, Squeezer. It's a catchy song. It's one of those, like, I don't know, it's one of those ones that you like to hear play when you're, like, shopping outside and there's flurries going. I was that t- typical suburban bullshit Christmas look. Yeah, I always think of it in Lethal Weapon. Well, that too. It's also performed by Dr. Teeth in The Electric Mayhem and uh, Muppet Family Christmas. Yes. Uh, it was in Home Alone. My, my favorite of the Christmas Muppet depictions. Yes, it was in the Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Uh, I, th- I believe when he gets in the car. Um, Jingle is that ba- it or is that when he was in the shower? Oh, yeah, that's when true. Get out of here. You little pervert or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also an animated cartoon Christmas special, first seen in 1995 on ABC, featuring featuring Milton Berle as one of the voice actors. I know I've watched this one many times. The Jingle Bell Rock cartoon, and of course, it was in Mean Girls during the talent show when the boombox went out and they just started singing it. I I don't remember. Stop. I wasn't watching Mean Girls. Sorry. I saw Mean Girls in the fucking theater, dude. That was a brilliant movie. Tina Fey wrote it. I know, I know. I just sorry. Your wife hasn't made you watch Mean Girls, the Tina Fey lover. No, no. Surprisingly, no. Uh, it's a good movie. I'm not just. We don't sit down and do things. <laughs> um, I got a hug today because I folded laundry. Well, that's a very sweet yeah, of you. Things are going well. Yeah. Uh yes. Jingle Bell Rock though uh, was a very '90s cartoon. If if you uh, had a little purple guy, a purple elf. Um, was a rerun on, and then I think I was it hit, it hit Cartoon Network for syndication. But uh, it's famously performed by the Mean Girls, trying to make Fetch happen. Squeezer, you know that reference? Nope. Stop trying to make Sorry. Fetch happen. I stand by Mean Girls being a good movie. No, you can. I'm not saying it's not. No, I'm not. I'm pretty sure we had this conversation before. She's mad at me about it too. So, oh, that you don't know, because Tina Fey wrote yeah. it. I know. Amy yeah. Poehler's in it. Tina Fey's in it. Tim Meadows is in it. And he's actually really funny in it. What does that mean? I like Tim Meadows. Yeah, Tim Meadows is funny in a lot of things, but he's really funny oh. in this. Yeah. Oh, I okay. I, I saw the Ladies Man movie in the theater squeezer. Why? I loved it. <laughs> Did you walk in? Did you? Was it the wrong movie? Or? Hey, baby, it's Leon Felt, the ladies, man. I got my cavalier, and I'm ready to please you in many ways. I love the ladies, man. Yeah, it's a great sketch. I love the movie, too. It's stupid as fuck. <laughs> but, no kidding. But I enjoyed it. Uh, that's it. I just, I like that song. It's a classic. It's an old, it's one of those traditional songs that is just lives forever it's like i said evergreen and timeless uh your fourth song mr squeezer have yourself a merry little christmas it's on the time life collection here uh, i have no idea 
You need to get you a sniffle button. Sorry. You may pot you down. Clear yourself out. No, I, no, I just pot Judy Garland down instead. Oh, this is uh, the girl from uh, what's it called? In this movie, or the one that you're probably thinking of? This is Wizard of Oz, right? Well, Dor she was in Wizard of Oz. Yeah, this is Dorothy. Yeah. What movie is this from? I don't know. This, this is from Meet Me in St. Louis. i never seen it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I would argue... Wait, is this the Christmas song originate from this movie? Yes, it was written for her for this film. Wow. Yep. Um, so when, when people like that, when they get on that whole commercialization of Christmas thing, I'm sorry, you did it in the forties, right? It's been going on long before. So all your precious, all your, huh, 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 that's my impression of people being bitchy. Um, well, when did yeah, they, no. when did Coke change how we perceived Santa? That was in like the thirties too. I, I right? want to say 20s that was in twenties or thirties yeah. actually. It was already it already began. Right. And Norman uh, Rockwell, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. It was been uh yeah, so it, it's been a thing for quite some time. Um and it, it was so I would argue it's not even a Christmas song. Anyone that tells me Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, well then have yourself a merry little merry Little Christmas is not a Christmas song. Because Meet Me in St. Louis, uh, someone say it's a Christmas movie. I say it's not. Um, it's called The I, Christmas Song, Squeezer. Eh. Wait. This is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I'm sorry. Not The Christmas Song. Yeah. yeah. This isn't Chestnuts ro Roasting on an Open Fire. This is Have no, Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's... Ugh, I did this play as well. And when I say I like Wait, West Side Wait, Mimi and St. Louis is a play? It's also a play, yeah. Man, that's probably why I didn't um, see it. And so I, I was... I worked spots on this one. And I wanted to bang my head off the damn wall. I hated working this one. Oh, did I hate it. Whereas West Side Story was a lot of fun. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis sucked. I could not wait to get out of this one. And I didn't know... I've never seen the movie... I didn't see the play. I just young love and childish fears highlight a year in the life of turn of century of a turn of the century family. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it takes place in the late 1800s. Even though it's 1944. No, I, I think it's like 1900. Well, yeah, late 1800. Yeah. Oh, 1903. Yeah. Yeah. Turn of the century. Um, but yeah, oh god, but I'm 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 working this play, and all of a sudden they start singing "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." I'm like, why the hell are they singing this? Like, I had no idea that was supposed to be like it's written for it. It was written for her. Um, it was written for her for her for this movie because they knew it would be a commercial hit. Hmm. They knew it would make money. Um. The yeah, film made, was uh, a box office smash, grossing more money than any prior MGM release in 20 yes. years, with the exception Six of Gone with the Wind. million dollars. Which is like $6 billion nowadays. Yeah. Um, mind you, too, this was released at the height of World War II. 
and people are still going to the movie, like dropping money, um, or or a can oh, or my, some silk. So, do you know what the original line is? Were you going to say that? Oh yeah, um, the the muddle through versus uh, hang a shining star. No. Oh. So in Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Judy Garland refused to sing the grim original lyric, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, It May Be Your Last, to Little Margaret O'Brien. The star's creative opposition inspired the songwriters Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine to form the more optimistic lyric, Let Your Heart Be Light. <laughs> oh, Have nice. yourself a merry little Christmas. Well, it it's may a good be thing you did that. Last. <laughs> we should bring that back for 2021. Well... <laughs> It may be your last. It's a good thing they change it too, because think about it. When the song was released, and then it gets shipped overseas and plays on GI Radio. Yeah. What's that? Well, how many guys still, how are many in either years? the Pacific or in Germany? Oh, it's forty-four. Well, the yeah. war was when the war over end. Forty-five. I so mean, Hitler yeah. killed himself in that in the spring of forty-five, right. and so, the but, worst fighting in the Pacific was still to come. Oh yeah. When did the, the battle? When, of, the, the, when this the movie comes out, on, on the battle of the bulge is about to begin. Oh yeah. But when when it gets over to the GIs, they already dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. No. Yeah. When does Hiroshima drop? This, August of ninety-five. Of August of forty-five. Forty-five. Right. Yeah. So it takes at least a year to get to the GIs. This is—it's like shipping film. No, reels. it came out November of forty-four. How long? What? You think they had sailboats back then? Yeah, but they're not gonna like send. No, they absolutely were. They got like real time. Shit, they were listening to recent music. No, I'm talking about the movie squeezer, the movie. No, but the song was playing there, so there are guys in you know, in camp. Christmas of 44 that are hearing this song. Yeah, well, how do you know the song hit the radio right away? Because that's why they released it. Hmm. Okay. To make money. Well, I guess it's a good thing she changed it. I have a history minor. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a good choice. And then, um, what's the name? Who's that? Uh, the Italian Mafia guy. What's the name? Frank Sinatra. Mm. Yeah, then he took it. He a, a lot of people don't like it because uh, it's supposed to be a very somber and dreary song. Um, and he kind of made it like fun. Like, hey, have yourself a Merry Christmas, folks. It's like, no, it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be, well, have yourself a Merry Christmas because you're going to die. Yeah, it may be your last. Next year, we all may be living in the past. Change from let your heart be light. Next year, we'll, all our troubles will be out of sight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So at least Judy knew. She's like, "Look, you want to make the song a hit? Like, let's not completely crush everyone." And then they changed the line you're talking about. Until then, we have to muddle through somehow to hang a shining star upon the highest bough. Yeah. Well, she she ran with the muddle line. Right, Frank Sinatra. Um, that changed. Frank went with the uh, the newer line, which the original writers. Uh, uh, changed that as well. Like they rewrote it for him, because hmm. you're like, shit. I want to cash in on this. Right, Sinatra's gonna be performing. We're gonna get the fucking royalties. Yeah, I'm getting paid. Do it. Uh but yeah, uh, good song. 
Uh, I'm sure it's a, a great movie and a fantastic play, unless you were me and I absolutely fucking hated it. All right. That's a lot to say. Here is my next pick. Um, I gotta pull up the video because I want to watch along. All right, here's my next pick. This is Lil St. Nick by The Beach Boys, Squeezer. And what the video I'm watching is on The Beach Boys' official YouTube. They did a full animated, like, special to this song. And it's fucking great. Really? Yeah, and the Santa's like this surfer guy who's all jacked. And he's surfing with his toys. Uh, but when, it, when it was originally released? No, 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 this is new. Oh, this like a new. new one? Yeah, because it's HD. The um, song was released in 1963, so it's almost as old as... It doesn't feel as old, but it's almost as old as that Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Or, wow. No, uh, Jingle Bell Rock, I mean. The next one, well, the, the former is my next song. They just... There was something about him that's a little... Brian Wilson is fucking genius. Yeah, Mike Love was too. But Brian I'm Wilson sure. was genius in the way that disintegrates into madness. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, it's a Christmas-themed hot rod song in the vein of Little... It's pretty much the same thing as Little Deuce Coop. <laughs> little Deuce Coop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that, maybe that's what sends you into madness. Yeah, that's true. Um, it peaked number three on Billboard. It was a pretty pretty popular song it appeared on the uh, beach boys christmas album in november of 64 uh though it was recorded in 63 um the idea of the song was inspired by record producer phil specter's plan to release a christmas album you know before he went to a murderous rage you know what's funny <laughs> i don't think we're gonna get out of a single <laughs> a single christmas song <laughs> episode without talking about phil specter's murderous rage well phil specter had had such a big influence on the music of the 50s and 60s and 70s for that sure. matter. Like I'm watching the Get Back special on, on the Beatles and Phil Spector. How I was about to start it, uh, and then I was going to play some video games, build a little model, watch Get Back, and you're like, "Hey, we got to do a show." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, um, it's seven hours, Squeezer. Huh? It's tedious, but it's it to see these geniuses. Ooh. What? Then I'm sold. You know me. I like tedious. Yeah. To see these geniuses like working out the creative process is is fascinating. Hmm. But like it's like watching a baseball game sometimes. There's points you need to, you know, be playing a game on your phone or something. <laughs> um Uh, I don't know what else to say. I just love the song. I mean, I liked the Beach Boys as a kid. I, you know, Beach Boys were genius, and they they weren't just surf rock. Surf rock. It was it yeah. was really time. They, they weren't just they weren't just special guests on Full House. Right. They became that <laughs> after yeah. Brian Wilson left, yeah. but that's not what they started as. Pet Sounds is a fucking fantastic album, and 
transformed music and um, it's the American American equivalent to what the Beatles were putting out at the time I would say Be- the funny thing about that Get Back is you realize how little the Beatles existed for oh yeah I, I do it's one of those little things I think about yeah, the, the time frame is like I, I know this because I'm a Beatles fan and I marked yeah. out for those Beatles specials when we were in like junior high on ABC and I had all the double cassette tapes the four cassette tapes like the Beatles history ones, they did three parts. Mm-hmm. And like, I know a lot of, but they were like, they came on the scene and they did like a, a few albums and they toured a lot. And then they just decided to stop touring. And then they did a lot of fucking great albums that changed like music recording as we knew it. And then they just were like, they'd never toured. And, they, and then they got together to make this last album when they were on the brink of like, like breaking up, they did this last album and then that was it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't contentious, which everyone thinks. And this that's what the Get Back special shows. Like, it was like, we're do- our time's done here. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. And you really see how brilliant Paul was. I know a lot of people love John. And I love John, too. But Paul's my favorite Beatle. And he's a genius songwriter. Nonetheless, that's little St. Nick. Squeezer, we're on your last song of the yeah. Christmas songs. Cartman can't seem to remember the words to Oh Holy Night. I'm going to give one of you children this cattle prod, and if Eric forgets any words, just shock him a little, okay? <laughs> Here you go, Kyle. Why don't you take it? Sweet! Okay, Eric, whenever you're ready. <laughs> what was that for? I didn't screw up. <laughs> no, Kyle, you can't shock him unless he forgets the words. <laughs> This was early. Uh, this is early, right? Oh, season one. Yeah. And this is actually a promo for it. So there, it was in. He he sings it in uh, the first Christmas special, Mister Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Right. Or Mister Hanky's. Uh, Christmas. Uh, yeah. Mister Hanky's Christmas. <clears throat> and uh, but they also did like a music video style where like they 
font it with the music video graphic info um, leading up to it to promote it. And this was a turning point in South Park. It, it's funny how young it was and how th- that window of it being forbidden as a kid. Um, it was never was... for me. My parents gave up by that point. Oh, God. I, I was I... a year older than you, so. Yeah. That one year um, can make a lot of difference. So this dropped. South Park came out exactly when my mom we left and we were living with my grandparents for a while. And so I had like, I was living like in my uncle's old room and I had like a TV down in the basement. That was my hangout. And I would sneak out to go and watch South park. And it was one, like it was, you, you shouldn't watch that. It's not for you. It's not for kids. It was the new Beavis and butthead. And, but it was for kids. <laughs> it was for kids. And then, Something happened, and Mr. Hanky the Christmas the Christmas episode uh, with Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Hanky the Christmas Pooh won over adults so much that it like it flipped the whole thing. Like, no, you took this from us. This was my forbidden fruit. Like, I was South Park was mine. You can't like this. You're supposed to hate this. And next thing I know, I walk down and my grandparents and my mom are sitting there laughing hysterically at South Park. The Christmas, the, the point where they record it and they would watch it over and over again. Now, I'm sure there's later episodes that they would not appreciate as much as I do. Um, but uh, it, it was that was the Christmas one was the one that kind of won over the masses. Uh, and not just the immature kids that it was originally targeted towards. Uh, but and it, it, it's so innocent, like it's almost hard to believe that this was South Park at the time and this was edgy I in '97. Didn't, didn't realize you were gonna get sanctimonious over parents watching our show. Ah, fuck them! <laughs> ruining my ruining my fun. You know, I was being I was the I was being a bad boy. I was being rebellious. I was fighting back, my mom ripping me away from my father <laughs> by watching Comedy Central. Mr. Hanky um, the Christmas Pooh. I love him and he loves you. Uh, uh that whole oh, man, the the first two like the first like five episodes, like the two of the first five episodes are holiday specials. You got Starvin' Marvin and Mr. Hanky, like, right off the bat. Mm. Uh, awesome first season, and Oh Holy Night at, uh, with Cartman. I was either going to go Oh Holy Night with uh, Cartman or the West Wing special, and that just seems a little too dramatic, so I figured, let's go light. <laughs> well, that was uh, probably for the best. Well, you want me to talk about how the former uh, deputy or former communications, current communications director's father was a member of Murder, Inc., and that plays into the plot? Yeah, needs to stand there in the West Wing, listen to the Oh Holy Night. Communications director? Uh, it, it, just watch. Just watch. It's a good show. What are you talking about? West Wing. Oh. Oh. I was like, "What is the hell?" It's Five-ish Finkels in it. It's a good episode. Ah, Murder Inc. 
Yeah. Jewish mafia. Uh, it's uh, him and uh, Eddie. I don't know these characters, but I'm assuming they're... Ed- Eddie gets ripped apart by two T-Rexes. Oh. And uh, the side, he's he's got a better... Uh... Oh, he gets ripped apart in the book. Right? I think he. It, I think it's de- he's pretty similar in both, both No, it's a little different. He lasts a bit longer in the book. Yeah. But he dies it's trying to actually, save them. Yeah, it's yeah. much more vicious in the book. Yeah. yeah. As as it tends to be with Crichton. All right. Uh, we're on to my last song. Uh, wrapping them. I didn't think the show would be one of our three-hour shows tonight because I am drained. I got to leave. Was it her. really? It's only an hour and 40 minutes right now. Oh, oh! You're saying you didn't expect? I didn't it to expect be. to be. No, I got to leave oh, yeah. for Hershey tomorrow. Uh, it's a long yeah. day. I was long weekend, by the way. My sister got engaged. Congratulations to congratulations, Lisa and um, uh, Anthony on their engagement. We had to go up to Long Island for it. Which... I heard you cried. Yeah, I, I heard uh, my brother told you guys that, and then no one yeah. believed him, and he said, oh, "You're right. He didn't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even want to hold the banner. I wait. I just let him hold it, and I waved. But you know, uh, once I'm just waiting for the wedding so I could do this to Anthony when he comes out to me. I'm gonna have a brother. I've always <laughs> dreamed about having a brother. Speak of the devil. Brother? I'm Paul. You must be Tommy. <laughs> Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, Chris is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> brother, mainly the last part. Brothers don't yeah. shake hands. Brothers got a hug. How, how long did you have that one saved up? <laughs> I had it ready to go. I, that was uh, one of my fever dream ideas I had this morning. Uh, I, I want, I need video of that. Uh, me doing that to him? Yeah. Okay. Tell Chris to shoot it in his iPhone. All right, here is my last song on Christmas Music 3. Another good Home Alone. I'm just basically doing... This is my Home Alone episode. It, yeah, it, it's... When I hear it, all I can think of is Home Alone. Yeah. Brenda Lee's Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. 1958. <laughs> uh, it was recorded. It was released in 1958. Um, Brenda Lee. Uh, written by Johnny Marks. Um, I don't know why that name is... Uh, he did... Johnny Marks did Rudolph the Reindeer's Reindeer... Uh, Rockin' on the Christmas Tree, A Holly Jolly Christmas, Silver and Gold, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, Run Rudolph Run. He, uh, he's a... Boy, he likes his Christmas songs, huh? Yeah. yeah. He made a lot of money off them. Oh, and he was Jewish. <laughs> was he? <laughs> yes. Johnny Marks, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean if you think of it as Christian, then yeah, it's weird. But if yeah, you, just at, think, if you, at, get, at if you get into point, the party. At this point, like, those Christmas songs are not, there's nothing to do with Christianity. 
<laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No. <laughs> you know what, though? I like to think that, like, in, like, two, three thousand years from now, when, like, you know, they're going through, like, the records that they can find from this, like, it's completely re-envisioned, and, like, it's still Christianity, but, like, it's centered around Rudolph. Oh, that'd be dope. And, like, the idea of, like, the commercialized idea of Christmas is the core belief system. <laughs> I, it's horrific, but it's absurd. I like the idea of it. Um, do you know there was... Did you ever see the sequel to Rudolph? Rudolph's Shiny New Year? Uh, yeah. I have it on DVD. Really? Yeah, it's on... Uh, I have a... It's with... Uh, um, uh, You're That a Santa Claus uh, DVD set. I never it's got that that goofy ass baby with giant ears and a vulture that wants to eat them. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Is a New Year's Eve special? It was the '60s and they were fucking high. '70s, 1976. Oh no, yeah, '70, yeah, 1976. '60s was the oh, first, okay. '64 was the first one. '76. It was Rankin Bass still did it. Yeah. Oh, so this, Johnny Marks did a lot for Rankin Bass then. Yeah, well, he this song was in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Rocking yeah. on a Christmas tree, but it was just instrumental. Was it? Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, he was probably yeah, friends with Jules and Arthur. Silver and gold. So did you know when Yukon Cornelius throws his uh, pickaxe into the snow and he picks it up mm-hmm. and licks it? Do you know why he's doing that? I feel like we had this conversation before, and I don't know why. Well, I looked it up the other day because we were watching Rudolph uh, on um, Freeform. Uh, Freeform, right? I yeah. recorded it. Yeah. I, I and copy he's not really searching. You know how he's like, I'm searching for gold. But they're like, I th- then he's like, I'm searching for silver. But he's like, I thought you were searching for gold. And he's like, silver's the thing to go for. And then uh, there's a scene that's cut for TV viewing that's, I finally struck it big. I hit peppermint. <laughs> He's searching for peppermint. Is re- he's really searching for? Really? Yeah. I've never seen that version of it. Yeah. He finds a peppermint mine. I found a peppermint mine. The thing about bumbles is they bounce. How's my Yukon Cornelius? <laughs> I love when he licks his fucking pick. Yeah, that little tongue action. Yeah. Oh, it's adorable. Yukon Cornelius is the fucking star of that movie. Mm-hmm. When he mushes the dogs, and they jump on, they don't do anything, and so he starts pulling, and they all jump on the sled. <laughs> Best joke in the fucking show. Yeah, I love him and his dogs. Look at what he can do. We reformed our own bumble at work. <laughs> <laughs> Just ripped its teeth out. <laughs> I know. I said that uh, in Jansh. I was it's like, so ruthless. This is a cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> Oink. Oink, oink, oink. Just fucking, that little guy just yanks all his teeth out like a fucking <laughs> sadist. Like, that's fucking torture. Yeah, well, it's not far off from the uh, Mad TV version of it, I guess. I don't know if I ever saw the Mad TV. Oh, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, Yukon's a hitman. Oh, really? And he goes in and assassinates Santa and all the elves. Yeah, Her- Hermie puts a hit out on Santa, so Yukon goes in and just executes him at a poker game. Hermie, I'm going to go shoot Santa for you, but first I'm looking for peppermint. <laughs> There's another uh, 
Uh, the one elf who yells at Hermie when he's direct, his voice changes when he's directing the elf choir for the song Santa hates. We are Santa's elves. <laughs> yeah, he's like, come on now. That's how he talks in that scene. But he yeah. talks like the our dentist. <laughs> he talks like Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be a dentist. What the hell? You can't be a dentist. I just thought he had like a, a Michael Hayes thing going on. Doot, doot, doot. I got an idea. Why don't you go put down the Dennis book and build some goddamn toys? Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> but uh, when he's when he's directing the elf choir, he's like, no, come on. We got to get it right for Santa Claus. No. I feel like I've done a commercial for that guy. We are Santa Claus. Jenna commercial? Who's, who's that? Oh, come on. Nah, that's Dan Roth. Hey, hey, uh, Squeezer. No, 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 a different guy. Fancy car, beanie. Looks like Mr. Burns. Oh, Cable yeah. Kids. Oh, no, come <laughs> on. We gotta get it done right away. Hey, Squeezer. You like wine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I the best do... is, as he's saying, hey, Squeezer, do you like wine? He's talking to Ian. Yeah, right. And then, of course, <laughs> the Charlie in the box. I'm a Charlie in the box. <laughs> We're yep, the land the of misfit toys. <laughs> I'm the senti- the lone sentinel on the land of misfit toys. We're ruled by some weird flying lion who's our king. Wow. Why didn't they just send him to Ollie's outlet? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized who the jack-in-the-box is. It, uh, who is it? Oh, it's uh, the lunch lady. <laughs> the lunch, lunch lady's a jack in the box. Charlie in the box, squeezer. Charlie, whatever. Charlie, Charlie in the box. box. Oh Charlie. no! Now lunch lady's like, oh, squeezer. It's a, it's a sexual Charlie in the box. All right. I'd pull your Charlie out of your box, squeezer. Hi everyone. Nice. I know you've been waiting for me, and oh my god. He says I sound like a Charlie in the box. I'm just a sweet old lady with a giant mole on her face with hair sticking out of it that used to serve him sloppy joe meat. He never liked the buns because he was cutting cobs before it was the thing to do. I think he just it got in the way of him eating the sloppy joe meat. Squeezer, I got a new box of Christmas cookies for you. Ooh, okay. They're gingerbread lunch ladies. I made some... Nude, and some in negligee for you to undress. Oh, that's... And as you take a bite, I remove a piece of clothing. That's going to be our Christmas party that we have together. I'll let you pour eggnog. I made thick, thick, luscious eggnog to pour all over my body and drink from its crevasses. <laughs> oh, God. I know how much you like eggnog. You're like, please put some more cinnamon in it. Please put some more cinnamon in it. Uh, give me another glass of eggnog, lunch lady. Oh, squeeze out. Here you go. I saved this. You had to say shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> give me another shrimp on the Barbie. Well, you did have me put shrimp on the Barbie for you. You just, you know, you, you always like the side of shrimp with your eggnog in the winter. I'm allergic fun? now, lunch lady. Sorry. Oh, it's so sad. I was going to make it for you. But instead, I steamed 50,000 clams for you. Well, thank you. I have a five-gallon bucket for the butter. That should be enough, right? <clears throat> Do you like it browned uh, or no? Oh, hell yeah. 
do you do when you just open up all the clams and pour them into the butter and just have a big clam butter soup? Do a couple at a time, yeah. And then the trick is to use the clam shell. Don't even use the fork. Use the clam shell to just dip it in with the clam in the butter, and then you slurp and pull at the same time. I have an idea. You could use my belly button as the butter holder. Oh, God. It's wide and deep enough. Uh-huh. We could have our own clam party, and then I could have you shuck my clam. All right, now you're just getting graphic. Okay, calm down, calm down. I just wanted to say I loved all your songs. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> they make me feel, they make me remember you as a little a little boy. So I'm going to go listen to these and definitely not do anything naughty. Okay, I got to go. Love you, Squeezer. Bye, everybody. She's really getting out of control. <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, what a monster, huh? <laughs> Squeeze, you're gonna really only five only five gallons of butter. What am I gonna do? <laughs> you should really see a therapist for what this woman did to you when you were a child. <laughs> I'm sure we've been kicked off because we haven't got a comment in forever. Uh, let me scroll on over here. Nah, I just we're live. I think mm-hmm. it's just a Tuesday. A beautiful Tuesday. That's all we got, Squeeze. Yeah. Um. Next week is. We're still... Hold on. What are we doing this show next week? We're going through the book. Wish book time. We're using uh, Jason's Wish Book Web version of the 86 Sears Wish Book. And will we be on the 15th? Yes, we'll be on the 15th. We're working Phantoms that night. Ah, shit. That's all right. We could do it after. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be fine. Because we have basketball on the 14th anyway. I'm just waiting for someone to put their building in. <clears throat> Who's that? You. Oh. Uh, what day is that? All next week. Oh, all right. Um, and then the following week we'll be going on. Do you want to go Tuesday or Wednesday night? Because our our work Christmas party is on Wednesday. Uh, let's go Tuesday then. So Tuesday the twenty first, we're doing our Chris. We have basketball that night and Phantoms. Uh, that's good. On a two. Oh, that's right. Makeup game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. let's do it then, because I'll, I'll, I'll be more like, woo, let's go kind of thing. Okay, so our uh, our Christmas uh, wish book episode will be live on Wednesday the 15th, and our Christmas um, watch-along, live watch-along, this is the day you're going to want to mark in your calendars, because you're not you're watching it along live makes a whole, makes it even better. So our, our Christmas vacation watch-along, third year in a row, is Tuesday the 21st to take us through Christmas. And then we're back on the 29th with another Phantoms game. Oh no, that's in Cleveland. So Falkerson doesn't differentiate here in the calendar, but that's it. Squeezer. That's our Christmas. It's going fast. We're two out of four episodes done already. We're zooming. We're zooming through this shit. Um, that's all we got this week. I made it through. I'm, I'm actually starting to feel... I took Advil before. I'm feeling better. It's wearing off. It's like it's a weird thing. Oh, you get a shot, you feel like complete shit, but it's not a virus. It's your immune system, and then you're fine. <laughs> I gotta go pop another Sudafed. All right, buddy. We will see you next week. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube and subscribe to us. Email us, arcadesradiers.com, squeezerradiers.com, and we'll talk to you next week. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>